So violent clashes have erupted erupted between protesting Kahiso residents and illegal miners on the West Rand. This as residents in the community take matters into their own hands against illegal mining activities and high crime levels. Illegal mining activities have once again been brought into the spotlight following the gang rape of eight women in a mine dump in the area last week, alleged by uh, allegedly by Zamazamas. We now speak to David van Veik, who is a lead researcher at the Benchmark Foundation. He's done research into illegal mining, otherwise called the Zamazama business. Good afternoon to you, David. Thank you so much for joining us uh, this afternoon uh, on the Glenzido Super Drive. Good afternoon, Drive. and thank you for having me on your show. Yes. So, David, what's at the root cause of this invasion by Zamazamas? Well, I don't think that it's an invasion. Zamazamas have been around for a very, very long time. Mm, you know, we've mm. been asking for the last 15 years mm. that the government take steps and actions to ensure that the transition from large-scale industrial mining, especially in the Johannesburg area, to mm. medium and small-scale mining takes place in an orderly fashion. You know, the fact of the matter is that there are 6,000 aban- abandoned mines in South Africa. Yes. There's a 50 billion rand mine closure fund for the rehabilitation of these mines, which is not being utilized. Um, and apart from apart from that fact, there is, there is still gold there, but it's not in the quantities that are required for profitable industrial mining. Yes. So small-scale small and medium mining is the logical next step for South Africa if we want to keep mining towns alive and so on. However, it will require a much more orderly process and not uh, an, an invasive process. So many workers find themselves uh, abandoned with the mines. Many Basutu workers, many Mozambican workers, many Zimbabwean workers who used to work on mines find themselves suddenly abandoned on these mines where they used to work. And, uh, you know, when, when, when the mine owners abandon a mine, what then happens is that you have the formation of informal settlements. And you can go all along Main Reef Road, all the way from Johannesburg through to through to uh, Springs, uh, Benoni, and you'll find just one long informal settlement. You go in the opposite direction towards Potchefstroom, you find the same thing. You know, and so the other thing, of course, is that since 1886, African people have been coming, indigenous people have been coming to Johannesburg. There's even a song called Timela yes. that, that was made in, in, in honor of that, that movement of people. Now, people are still coming because it's become a cultural thing almost for young men to come and work on the mines in Johannesburg. And suddenly there's no more work on mm. these mines. Yeah. You know, so uh, you have all these people who are now sitting on abandoned mines with informal settlements, uh, with all these holes in the ground, with all this toxic and poisonous waste lying around and so on, and trying to eat out a living in that manner. In Kahiso, uh, six, seven years ago, the community protested against the government giving a license to Mintails, and Mintails was a very, very dubious company. It folded as soon as it started. And we recommended to the government not to give that license and to insist on rehabilitation of the area uh, instead, which it didn't. It, uh, the, 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 the license was given and Mintails went bankrupt and it left a $120 million legacy of, of, of environmental destruction behind. Hmm. You know, um, we, we had a situation during COVID where uh, Aquarius Mine abandoned its operations in the Rustenburg area uh, in Krundal and uh, left workers in a hostel. We actually had to negotiate with Sabania to pay 
for the cost of removing people who died from COVID, mine workers who died from COVID, to get back to their families because they never got their pensions, they got never got any UIF or anything like that. You know, Mozambicans and, and people from the city and so on were just simply abandoned there. And we had to deal with corpses and so on that had to be uh, moved out, out back. You know, so the super rich people who made awful profits from South Africa, incredible profits, uh, are now simply walking away from the country and leaving all these abandoned mine sites and leaving people destitute. Um, and, and that is what gives rise both to crime and, of course, to the small-scale artisanal mining. So, so you... to the government about regulating this, creating legislation and regulations for it. And there is actually a white paper that has been gazetted uh, on the basis of the in- interactions that we've had with the National Association of Artisanal Miners and the Department of Mineral Resources. So, David, you know, if, we, if, we, if, we, if I may come in there, David, if I may just come yeah. in there. Yeah. So you're talking about rich people who are living the country and abandoning these these mines. So yeah. who owns these abandoned mines and who is responsible for their rehabilitation? Okay, the Act clearly states, I think it's Section 41 or 42 to 47 of the Mineral um, uh, Petroleum Resource Development Act, clearly states that if you operate a mine, you've got to put money aside for the closure of the mine. Apart from that, you are, you are responsible for rehabilitating that environment. And um, if you don't, the minister can actually force you to uh, by sending you the bill if the government is, re- uh, is rehabilitating it. The problem is that our laws are not enforced. You know, we have very good laws, mm. but the laws are not enforced. You know, and so now we are having poor people killing each other in Cajiso uh, for the transgressions of mining companies that used to operate in that particular area. Um, so who is the market for the Zamazamas? I mean, who do they sell to? Do we even well, know? Wherever you find Zamazamas, you'll find scrap metal dealers who buy both copper wire and who buy gold. But you also find syndicates, mm. you know, but they, but they, but they sell at much lower prices than what they could get. They sell the gold at much less than the global market price. And what we are suggesting is that the government should set up a buying agency to buy the gold from the Zamas directly, and then set aside some of the funds from the revenue generated to actually make the environment safe in which they operate. But there is a 50 billion rand fund mm. to which mining companies have contributed that is sitting with fund managers that should actually be utilised this process of transition are you sure it's still there industrial mining <laughs> I, david are you sure that 50 billion is still there are you sure it, it is there because the fund managers who manage that fund make a lot of money from it they make interest from it which is one of one of the reasons why it's not being paid out it's the same with the pensions of mine workers there are absolutely billions of rands of money in pension funds in this country with the pension fund managers claiming they can't find the 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 people who they should mm. be paid out to my, my father was a mining engineer. It took me and my brother and my sister, and my brother was a professor. My, my sister and me have master's degrees. It took us three years to get my father's pension funds out of these fund, fund managers. Now, imagine if you're from a village in Mozambique or the heartland of Lesotho and so on, how difficult it must be for you to get your father's pension funds. Is there information on how many abandoned mines there are and yes, which the province... The Science will tell you. The Council for Geoscience will tell you there are 6,000 abandoned mines. It is, it is the culture to abandon a mine. You know, that is how, how, how these foreign investors who own these mines disrespect our country and its people.
And which provinces uh, this problem is most prevalent? Gauteng is the bulk of them, but you mm. know, uh, Northwest Province now, uh, along the gold mining uh, area there, as you go through Kerkstorp, Stolpontein, Orkney, uh, right into the Free State, Welcome. Welcome is dying uh, because of the abandoned mines. Mm. If you go to the mine that my father started his career at, at Western Holdings, you will find that at that particular mine, at Western Holdings, it looks as if it, 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 it has been bombed in the Ukrainian war. It looks that bad. And uh, I think I was in um, in part of Limpopo this weekend. I was in Beggarsford, and someone was mentioning that, oh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of Zamazamas there uh, in that know, part no, of the world. In Beggarsford, it's big, uh, big scale. Those are not small-scale guys on abandoned mines. Mm. Those are guys with traders and trucks and all kinds of things. And they, they take the platinum and chrome across the border into Mozambique. Mm. Those guys are big operations. They've got plenty of money. And you see what is happening there is that the local tribes and so on sometimes welcome these guys to come in because mm. the, 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 the mines are not keeping to their social and labor plans and the communities don't see any benefit from the formal mining. And so the chiefs invite uh, uh, illegal informal mining, but, but people with, with, with money, eh? not, not, like, not like these guys in Kahiso and Johannesburg. Mm. Mm. Because mm. I mean, I mean, if 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 you look at that that landscape, you can actually tell that it's it's, it's not easy to maneuver that awful. area because there's awful. mountains. Such, you know, mm. Kukuni Land is such a beautiful place, and mm. it's just getting it's just getting ripped apart. Mm. And so, what's the best way to deal with this challenge? Well, for me, the best way to deal with this violence is to actually go out, identify the places where people are mining, identify mm. the people who are mining, and then register them and make an audit and give them uh, ID documents and registration forms and things like that, and then make sure that they abide by rules and regulations for small-scale mining. Mm. All apply right. the law, basically. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, already we have protests in Gauteng, and this might, yeah, this might just spread all over the country. Miners. Are you going to lock, lock them all up? I mean, it's unrealistic. Yeah. All and, right. and communities can make, can make an income and generate jobs from small-scale mining. If you put up uh, jewelry hubs and if you put up, um, uh, uh, for example, each of these old mines used to have a, an electricity substation. You can take the mine wasteland and turn them into solar farms and give those solar farms to the community to operate and sell electricity back to ESCOM through those, uh, through those substations that are there. But at the moment, even the substations are getting plundered for the copper in them. David, thank you so much for chatting to us. Okay, thank you so much for having me. Okay, then. All Goodbye. Right. You know, South Africa, the way that we deal with problems. What an interesting conversation. We never deal with things at the, at the, at the beginning. Do you know? We wait for the worst to happen. Now you, and my concern is that now you have the communities mm. protesting. Mm. There's going to be violence, and this might just spread all over the country. But it's also said that the communities need to take issues into their own but hands. But that's my like, point. That there's been no proper policing, no. like you're saying, from the beginning. Because fifteen years, even it says fifteen years. Yeah, years. we've known about it for a long time. Yeah. Why has it been led to fester for such a long time? Why has nothing been done about it for fifteen years straight? Why does?